Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm telling you, it's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great day, and I hope you had a good weekend. So here's what I'm talking about today. I want to talk about Sprint because Sprint is one of my favorite subjects because they just have so much news coming out of them. Usually bad, but you know, today we have good news. We have something really exciting. For the first time in a long time, we are seeing true innovation from Sprint. And when I say true innovation, I mean it's something that's really exciting. It's their magic box. Even the name, (laughs) magic box. (laughs) I got to think about that. Sort of tacky. But you know what? It really is cool what they did. I know they put us through the ringer for the past couple years. And I know that uh, they haven't exactly shown innovation. Really, they just... They did show innovation with their marketing by getting the guy from Verizon to advertise for them. That was brilliant. That was a brilliant marketing move. I mean, I I don't know how you could have come up with something better than that. But uh, as far as technology, they have all that spectrum. They got all that potential. And um, we've just seen them flounder (laughs) like a fish just flopping around out of water. My opinion. This is my opinion. I'm just saying they tried the mobility thing. And if anything, I just think that gave the whole industry a bad name because they tried to bully their way into every township and municipality and Now every township municipality hates wireless, and we're trying to get that bill passed through the FCC to streamline small cell deployments. I just wish we could have walked away with a better solution where, say, we could have come up with a blanket permitting process, and maybe that's what the FCC should pursue with the cities and townships. I want a win-win situation, because if we just start putting stuff out there that the communities hate, and the extreme communities are mostly, you know, in California. Uh, But California just wants a beautiful city. Like when you go to San Diego uh, or Sacramento or San Francisco, uh, you see beautiful cities. I wish I could say that about LA. LA has some beautiful areas, but (laughs) oh boy, they got some rough areas too. But um, when you go to those cities and just like Denver, I think Denver is a beautiful city. Chicago has some beautiful areas as, as dangerous as some other areas are. Philadelphia is the same way. New York City, you could take any major city, Baltimore, D.C. They have beautiful, beautiful areas. They have the rough areas too. But those beautiful areas, we want to remain beautiful. We want to keep them looking nice. And that's, that's the key. But first, I know I'm getting into it here. I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro. Tower trackerpro.com. They are a software as a service that handles all your closeout package needs. And what they are, they're a software that will take the tower climber step by step through the closeout package. So the tower climbers out at the site can take the pictures, can document the information step by step as per the software. They can do it in their iPhone or an iPad or anything that they can take on the tower. They can make sure the pictures are right. And as they're doing it, before they leave, before they even get off the tower, if they have coverage, you can upload it to the cloud right from their device. And then someone back at the office can verify that all the proper information, the GPS information, all the metadata information is in each one of those pictures before they leave the site. How cool is that? I think that's awesome. TowerTrackerPro.com. I also 
want to thank my other sponsor, Tower Safety and Instruction. TowerSafety.com. TowerSafety.com. All one word, TowerSafety.com. And they provide all your tower training needs, and they now have drone training, and they have a lot of their training online now at Teltech-College.com. Teltech, T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E.com. And you can also get some of my books on there, the LTE deployment plan, the 5G deployment handbook, things like that. But TelltechCollege.com is where you can actually go for a lot of your training, and they have a drone training program on there for the tower industry. And TowerSafety.com also will do your tower safety training, tower rescue training, and just plain good old-fashioned tower climbing training. That's right, the good stuff, the stuff that you now have to be, well, they're in the process of getting certified through Nate, and you'll have to go, well, I take that back. Nate sponsored the program to have the program build a sponsorship and a, a certification program through the NWSA. And uh, I think it's great. I think that it's going to put all the tower climbers on the uh, same level where they all should be, which is a good thing. The only thing that's frustrating is that if you ever worked with the carriers, the majority of carriers are doing reverse auctions and they're sucking out all the margins. So now you have to pay for more safety and training and you want your guys to come home alive for a lot less margin. So we'll see what happens over the next five years. But I am all for the program. Training is very important and I think Nate's come a long way. Uh, it's just that uh, tower climbing as an industry is really going to be tough. But the good news is uh, with the uh, 600 megahertz auction that the FCC just had, a lot of tower climbers, especially in broadcast, are going to be so busy just repackaging everything for the uh, broadcasters. That's the good news. I mean, there's a lot of work there. There's billions. And quite frankly, I want to get in on that. That's very exciting. It's a lot of work. And the 600 megahertz auction gave enough spectrum to T-Mobile to make them nationwide, which is really, really cool. They've always been nationwide. They have a lot of partners with the CCA. That's how they, they get their coverage. But I think it's awesome. And they, and they say they're going to build a 5G network. So I'm excited. I know a lot of it's marketing right now. Anyway, I am way off my subject. <laughs> TowerSafety.com. TowerSafety.com for all your tower training needs, for all your tower training wants, and just quite frankly, an easy way to get trained. Okay. What I want to talk about today, as I'm six minutes in, six and a half minutes in, is Sprint and UE Backhaul equals a magic box. If you remember, I talk about UE Backhaul all the time. How exciting is that? UE Backhaul, what is that? User Equipment Backhaul. It's basically backhaul using the carrier's spectrum. It's something that, say, a cradle point does now when they provide LTE to a to an office. It's something that a lot of devices use when you only need a little bit of spectrum. But Sprint has come up with a small cell that can provide coverage to a building. And according to what they say, thirty I'm assuming it's 30,000 square feet or 100 meters outside, which is 300 feet outside, which I think is just awesome. Now, rumor has it, and I have two articles, that Sprint partnered with Airspan to create this box. I don't really know how it, it, it completely works. I'm going to guess here. So remember, this is my opinion, and this is my hypothetical of how they do it. But Sprint has a ton. 
of the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. And they're rolling out probably about 100 megahertz of it, probably about 120 megahertz of it. They're rolling out about half of what they have. I mean, they have a ton of spectrum. So I think what they're doing, that's going to be their backhaul. Now, Sprint, as far as I know, does not have Volte, voice over LTE. And the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum is TDD. Uh, it's, it's time division, du, time duplex, divi, time duplex, I don't know. It's what it basically is. It's one big band of spectrum where it shares all the spectrum for the uplink and the downlink. So Sprint has complete control of how much is uplink or how much is downlink, or they can, they can vary it, make it a hybrid and let it decide. Whereas if you have FDD, frequency division duplex, FDD is basically going to have 10 megahertz up, 10 megahertz down, or something like that. It's dedicated spectrum up, dedicated spectrum down. And the reason that's so important is because you can't change it. It is what it is. It's 10 up, it's 10 down, 10 up, 10 down. Whereas with TDD, you know, Sprint, let's say hypothetically, they have 120 megahertz of spectrum. They can do whatever they want. They can put it all up or all down. They can put 100 megahertz up and, a, and 20 megahertz down or vice versa, but they have the control. I, I'm a big fan of TDD. That's what WiMAX was. Don't get me wrong. There's issues with it, but I, I just think it's awesome. Now, before 4G, before LTE, the FDD was a little more efficient because in CDMA, you know, you had voice, you had everything, and you had 10 meg up, 10 meg down. It was very easy to allocate it. Now, with carrier aggregation, where Sprint can hypothetically put those, let's say they have uh, uh, 10 or 20 megahertz carriers, channels, whatever you want to call it. Let's say they have three carriers. They can cram, let's say they have 20, 20, and 20, makes it 60, right? 60 megahertz. They can cram all that together, cram it together and make it look like one full 60 megahertz channel, which I would assume they can get kick-ass spectrum through. Now, I don't know all the details, but they already did testing. I believe it was in uh, New Orleans. They did testing where they got 700 megabits per second reliably through these links using the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. Now, I got to give Sprint a lot of kudos. That is just awesome. Now, the, this, the, on the downside, they didn't have a device out there that could keep up with it. You know, I mean, I think Qualcomm's developing it and they had to bread box it and they had something out there and Motorola was involved. So there you had, there you had three huge players. You had Sprint, Qualcomm, Motorola, all making a device that can do 700 megabits per second of data throughput. Now... Sprint's using that with their UE backhaul device. I, I don't know if it's 700 megahertz, but Sprint's taking that massive spectrum they have as a backhaul and they're putting it out there so they can have a small cell that uses UE backhaul and then it uses whatever. Maybe it's 3G and 4G front haul to the end customer for the last mile. And they call it the magic box. And they say, I'm assuming they say they partnered with Airspan to create it. Listen, Airspan's pretty smart. I'm sure they already had it created and they had to just tell Sprint, hey, you really need this. And now that Airspan's on the system, it's probably a good thing. I know Airspan makes some bigger macro. Um, they make something comparable to Nokia's mini macro cell, which is really cool. You know, Airspan, this is a big step for them. So here is Airspan. And Airspan used to do a lot of WiMAX stuff. Trust me, I know. they. I sold their stuff and I competed against them. <laughs> they... You know, they, they have a really good um, marketing and they have good, apparently they have pretty good equipment, but 
I don't know what this equipment is yet because they're span. They're probably walking on eggshells about what they're allowed to share and not share. And obviously, Sprint wants the thunder, right? Sprint's sharing everything they can. And if you're wondering where I'm getting all this information, all the links are in my blog at wadeforwireless.com. Wade, W-A-D-E, the number four, wireless.com. And and John, Dr. Uh, Saul, Dr. John Saul, he has a blog that is, uh, he talks about this. But it, I have more links than that. I have the blog by him. I have the other links that talk about how they think it's airspan and hypothetically what equipment it is. And I have other ones that just really talk about the equipment. So get on there. All the links are there to back this up for all those uh, doubters out there that think I'm just winging this. But how cool is this? Finally, Sprint came up with a way to have a, a, a small cell out at the, the, the customer's location that you don't need to hook to backhaul, that you don't need to rely on Wi-Fi. It won't interfere with Wi-Fi. It won't interfere with anything. You put it out there, bam, put it in the window. If it has coverage to the uh, nearest macro site, you are done. For all you installers out there, sort of sucks because you're not going to get any money for putting this in. However, this is an amazing feed, I think. I don't know anything about the power levels, but I do know that Airspan has two products like this already, um, very similar. And I'm looking for them here as I'm scrolling through my notes. Uh, they have the, is it the air density? They have the air density and they also have the air velocity product. So uh, they do have two products that are very similar to this. So I don't know which one this is, or maybe it's something new, but kudos to Airspan for coming up with something cool like this. Kudos to Sprint for taking a chance and rolling it out. And the other thing that Sprint said in one of, in I believe it was Dr. Saul's blog, is that they were going to give it away free to customers that qualify. Now, I don't know what that means to qualify, but I, I would imagine there's a lot to it. You have to make sure there's signal there. It has to be the 2-5 signal for the backhaul. I would assume, you know, I, I, they, they, they could be doing the 1-9 uh, backhaul. That's the other thing. Sprint has 1-9, 800 megahertz. But I think this is great. Sprint's rolling out 2-5 nationwide finally in a big way. I, I'm very excited for that. Are they doing it as a new build? No, they're just adding it onto their base stations. You know, for the OEMs, that, that's a little bit of work, but it's not a new system. Remember, Sprint proposed that NGN system, which was a bunch of hogwash, a waste of everybody's time. But, um, they, we, you know, we were all excited to roll out a new system. Who isn't? right? That's a lot of work for everybody for the industry. Plus it's new equipment. But I, I get why they didn't do it because 5G is coming out, you know, all the other stuff, blah, blah, blah. Let's get back to this. The magic box, Sprint and the magic box. Sounds like Puff the Magic Dragon, right? But Sprint and the magic box. So I told you how it works. For the backhaul, they basically use the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. The TDD spectrum is backhaul. I would imagine that's it. And I'm guessing here, this is all hypothetical. And it's exciting because Mobility tried to do this with their small cells, but Mobility's fault wasn't in the equipment or the backhaul or anything like that. It was in their process of deployment, and quite frankly, they pissed off all the municipalities and townships. That didn't help either. Uh, it's going to hurt the industry in the long run, in my opinion. But Airspan made this product. Great job. So let's review here. UE backhaul, 2.5 gigahertz spectrum, I assume. Sprint has 204 megahertz of this spectrum, I believe, which is just freaking amazing. It's a lot of spectrum. Uh, that spectrum, they don't have any voice on that particular spectrum because as far as I know, they don't have Volte. 
Again, that's what I think I know. They could use carrier aggregation, so they could put all these carriers together and make it look like one big pipe, so that really helps. So let's say maybe they have 120 megahertz of spectrum, split that into three to six carriers, they could all make it look like one. Sprint has already proven that they can get a throughput of 700 megabits per second successfully. They've proven it down in New Orleans. So assume just seven customers could do 100 megabits per second simultaneously. How cool is that? Uh, the drawback, here's a big drawback. I want you to think about this. And I think about this with T-Mobile too. Sprint itself does not have true national coverage. They rely on partners. They have partners out there that provide coverage too. These partners may not have the same equipment. These partners are probably CCA, they are, they're CCA members, the Common Carrier Association. And they rely on these partners to cover some of the cities, the areas, roaming agreements. So they're not going to have this everywhere, probably in the tier one cities, maybe the tier two cities. But I'm just saying, you know, I just think I'm trying to be honest here. Sprint probably won't have this everywhere. And I think that's important to remember. Now, Sprint's trying to use MIMO, which I believe is what was used down in New Orleans. I can't imagine they have their full MIMO that they tested with everywhere. They probably have two by two or four by four. I would imagine they have that at most locations. And that's probably as good as it'll get. I don't know if that'll be a problem or not. I'm just saying something to think about. Um, again, I have the links below. Uh, oh, the magic box specifically. So my understanding is if you put it in a window and you have coverage and it, everything's honky-dory with it and it's working properly, it can cover a 30,000 square foot building inside and 100 meters outside. So 100 meters was at 300 yards, which is what, 900 feet, you know, roughly 1,000 feet, let's say. Um, do I have that right? No, 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 100 meters. Let's say just over 100 yards. So it'd be 300 feet outside. What the hell was I thinking? But anyway, I think I got my feet and yards backwards. So 100 meters outside, 30,000 square feet inside. I would imagine that's assuming line of sight. So if you have a big open warehouse, you can cover 30,000 feet. I imagine walls, you know, you have a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. Obviously, uh, probably an airspan box like Dr. John Soul says in his blog. Sprint appears to be rolling out 2.5 gig nationwide, which is just a great thing. It's a ton of spectrum. I'm glad they're finally doing it. And here, now, quote from Sprint. Sprint says the box is free to qualifying customers, which is if a customer no longer wants, well, th th this explains if, what, what they'll pay if they, if they don't want it. If a customer no longer wants a Sprint magic box at their location, Sprint will make arrangements for the customer to return a device at no cost. Sprint may charge up to $140 to a Sprint's customer service account if the device is not returned. So if you're a qualifying customer, which I have no idea what that means, you can use it. If you don't return it, 140 bucks, that's going to be your bill. Which if Sprint really paid 140 bucks or less for that, man, Airspan and Sprint, you guys will be ready to take over the world. And um, a Sprint speed note, signal and speeds based on optimal conditions for most Sprint devices. So I don't know what that really means. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I really don't know what that means. It's just something to think about. Anyway, is it the real deal? I got to tell you, when you read the articles, and I put a lot of them in there, most of these articles are very skeptical of Sprint because, let's face it, Sprint in the past years made some bonehead decisions like the purchase of Nextel. 
that. Zoom. Remember Zoom, which then turned into Clearwire, which then they shut down. And then they had the next generation network bid. And that didn't go anywhere. They don't have Volte on their LTE yet. They're like the last carrier that, that doesn't, the last major carrier that doesn't have it in my, at least that's what I think it is. And not to mention their heavy, heavy debt. Oh, let's not forget that they dropped a number four as T-Mobile not only sped by them, but is also showing no signs of slowing down. Give that John Ledger one thing, man. That guy walks the talk. I mean, he said he was going to do it. He did it, and he's still pushing. Can Sprint bounce back? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, my God, I hope so. And I'll tell you why. The track record is poor. They don't seem to make great decisions. I, I don't even know what their plans are. I mean, they don't seem to have a clear-cut plan for moving ahead. I, when you read these blogs and everything by them, they seem to wing a lot of different stuff. And it's very frustrating to me because – when you look at most carriers, they have a, a clear-cut plan of where they want to go. I'm not saying it doesn't shift and change, and sometimes the market changes it. But if you look at Verizon, Sprint, I'm sorry, if you look at Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, they're pretty clear about where they're going. I mean, AT&T, services, uh, entertainment, and they, they're big in IoT and the 5G deployment. Granted, it's four different directions, but they're a huge company. They can handle the different directions. And then you have Verizon. Again, another huge company. They want to improve the technology. They want to set a standard for 5G. They want to set a standard for the IoT. And they're big into fixed wireless. They made that very clear. AT&T also has a fixed wireless play. T-Mobile. Now, T-Mobile's clear objective is to roll out a 5G system on 600 megahertz nationwide. I don't know what the deadline is. I think it's 2020. Now, a lot of people are busting on them because they said there won't be a 5G standard till 2020, but you can see where T-Mobile's going with this. T-Mobile's very clear. They have that, that's their major objective. However, when you listen to John Ledger speak, he also knows that there's going to be a fixed wireless play. He knows that all of a sudden, the cable companies and the wireless carriers are going to start button heads. Verizon knows it. AT&T knows it. John Ledger knows it. Sprint knows all of this. But I, 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 like for me, I, I really don't understand what their clear plan is for moving ahead. I understand that they want to cut prices. They're willing to do the unlimited, which, you know, they sort of copied, in my opinion, seems like they copied that off T-Mobile. Uh, you know, they have a lot of marketing plans. In the end, in my opinion, at the end of the day, it's a high tech company. It's a technology company. What are they doing? I mean, honestly. What are they do? What are they going to do with the NGN network? We thought Sprint was going to set a path to become a high tech, you know, build a new network and so on. Now, Sprint has a network in place. They have a lot of issues. They have a lot of debt. Uh, I know they're backhaul. They're really working to get that beefed up. I know that they're they're working to get the equipment out there and improve all that and improve what they have and make it last. And I know they're committed to 5G at some point. They don't even have Volte yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As far as I know, they're testing it. It's in the labs, but I, I didn't see any release that they're doing Volte. Whereas you heard it, you know, now I'd say over a year ago from Verizon and AT&T and even T-Mobile. And it makes sense. You want to you, you shut down the older systems. You see messages from AT&T and Verizon, the, the, the 2G system shut down or shutting down. The 3G system, we have a date, it's going to be shut down. And you have to understand, they have to get all the devices off that. I mean, 
you think you could just shut it down overnight in our heads, but these are nationwide systems. These are markets that may have slowly gotten to 4G, you know, backhaul issues and so on. It, it, there's a lot of issues. And I understand that. It's a nationwide build. These companies have a lot of a lot of roadblocks that they have to overcome. They have a lot of hurdles they have to to get over. I get that. And they're all making great strides for that. So I just would like to see Sprint be back in the mix and for competitive concerns. Now, I know the other thing, when you look at Sprint, you wonder if they don't have a plan for that because they just want to merge with somebody. I don't know what SoftBank's plan is. Obviously, their plan's to make money, okay? That's very clear. SoftBank's an investment, an, an investment company. Clearly, they want to make money. Clearly, they want to profit. So I get it. That's their plan, to profit, to make money. Whether they're going to do that through a merger, through the sell a sprint, or whether they're going to grow a sprint, I don't know. But all signs, you got to remember, I'm, I'm an engineer here, not a business guy. I'm just looking in. All signs, when I look at sprint, is that they're just going to build it up, put crutches on it, enough to sell it, enough to merge with somebody. I don't know who that's going to be. Obviously, the government won't let them merge with Verizon or um, AT&T. That's obvious, right? Too big. T-Mobile, unless I'm totally missing something, John Ledger has no desire to even deal with Sprint. He's got his own spectrum. He's got his own system. And quite frankly, he blew by them. If he takes on Sprint, in my opinion, he takes on a whole load of, of problems, of debt, of things. Why does he have to deal with that? He's got his own debt and his own problems to deal with. Why, why triple it? And when I say triple it, I think there's two times as many problems at Sprint right now. Now, could he make it profitable? Would it be a challenge to him? Yeah. Does he want that challenge? I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know what the guy wants to do other than right now, I think his goal is to take what he has and just, you know, I want to say be a spear right in the back of AT&T. I think that's his goal, man. I think it's AT&T. Dominate AT&T. He passed Sprint. He's building up the customer base. He's come up with, like, to me, all the fronts. And I know I sound like a T-Mobile commercial here, but I am a fan of what they've done. I mean, think about it. They, they passed Sprint. Who thought that day would happen? They, they have a high-speed LTE network. I mean, it, they're very good in dense areas. They, they do a lot for their customers. They, they, marketing, they've done so much on the marketing side, on the business side, on the finance side. I think it's really impressive what they've done. The small cells, the home cells, the Wi-Fi rollout, what they've done for home Wi-Fi. So what I'm hoping is that maybe Sprint gets some of this creativity and maybe they can compete finally. This magic box is a step in the right direction. It's really impressive what, what it is, what it's done, and it needs no backhaul. That's freaking amazing. All right. I've harped on this long enough. Good luck to Sprint. Good luck, T-Mobile. Good luck to Verizon and AT&T. I finally see some real competition here. Again, all the links are in there. I have the Sprint news releases. I have the blog by Dr. Saul. I have a lot of articles on both sides, and you can see none of them are very positive. The other thing I did, I included Airspan. Air, A-I-R span, S-P-A-N, air span, all one word, dot com. And I have, I have links to their air density uh, product sheet and to their air velocity product sheet for all you techie guys that are interested. All right. I hope everyone has a great week, a great weekend, and a great Mother's Day. Be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya. Mm -hmm.
You have the wireless deployment handbook out there. That's right. At wadeforwireless.com. You have the wireless deployment handbook that is on sale now. And now it's available in paperback on Amazon. Can you believe it? Wireless deployment handbook. Available on Amazon in Kindle version and paperback and also available in PDF. Go ahead. Check it out. Wadeforwireless.com. Hey, folks. It's available. The 5G deployment plan. That's right. The 5G deployment plan handbook. I have the ebook out there for you in Amazon paperback, a full color eight and a half by 11 inch version, the Amazon Kindle version, the full PDF on Cellfi and the full PDF on Gumroad. It's all about the 5G deployment. Go to wade4wireless.com and look for 5G deployment plan. It's in there just for you.